0: Welcome to Transition of Style, the podcast that explores the ways in which personal style and gender identity meet, with host Phil, a.k.a. Curran. Transition of Style is produced by Fashion Consort, with music provided by Sarah FM and is sponsored by Queercut, a radically inclusive shopping platform and queer community. Welcome back to Transition of Style Check-in, TOS Check-in, for, uh, for those who are just uh, dialing in. So uh, I wanted to mention um, that TOS Check-in, as you guys know, is our sort of alternative format that we're using right now to check in with members of the community during the coronavirus pandemic. And today, I am checking in with a really good friend of mine, Frankie Classe. Frankie, what's going on?
1: What's up, what's up? Thank you so much for having me
0: on always. It is such a pleasure to have you on today. Uh, Frankie, can you tell the TOS audience a little bit about you?
1: Yes, sure. I am a Dominican-American non-binary person. I live in Brooklyn, and I'm a licensed clinical social worker in one of the Brooklyn hospitals.
0: Awesome. I love that. So I would love for you to tell me right now, you are not under quarantine. Is that correct? No, I am not. I go to work every day. So you're out out and about every day. How are you keeping yourself safe and healthy and keeping yourself sane during this time? Even though you're not in, you're keeping yourself sane for for other reasons. So can you tell me a little bit about that?
1: Uh, yes, it's been quite the challenge. Uh, so to stay safe, I make sure that I always have a mask and gloves on and I carry around plenty of hand sanitizer. And of course, making sure to wash my hands several times throughout the day um, to stay sane. I spend a whole lot of time with my dog because that's my own personal therapy (laughs) Uh, and music. Music has been really helping me uh, with keeping it together Um, and really enjoying that in all forms. I like to dance. I like to sing, um, you know, just uh, riding my bike to it. It just really keeps me centered.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Tell me about the uh, community you're serving right now. Tell me about your job and what is being out in the world right now. What does your job entail? You know, it, it's it's what your job entails normally and what is entailing now, If if there's any differences.
1: Uh, yes. So I do individual and group therapy at one of the Brooklyn hospitals for an outpatient psychiatric mental health clinic. And usually clients come in and we do sessions in the office and they run anywhere from 30 to 30 minutes to one hour. And what's changed is that now we're doing everything by phone. So I do phone sessions with clients and that's really It's been working, but it has a lot of challenges. Um, I'm working with an at-risk population, mostly people of color, and they are older. They have chronic medical conditions. They have chronic mental health conditions. And so it's very challenging to maintain a schedule. It's very challenging to make sure that people have the resources they need to do basic everyday activities.
0: Right, right. And what... What are you seeing with those people? I mean, obviously what's happening with the pandemic would exacerbate some of what they're feeling. What are you seeing with this pandemic?
1: Yeah, so I'm seeing it firsthand because I live in one of the less fortunate neighborhoods. And so I see up close. So people aren't really understanding the severity of what's happening. People are out and about in the streets. The buses are packed the trains are packed and nobody adheres to the six foot rule. Nobody has masks on. I mean, the kids that are supposed to be at home doing things online, nobody's signing in, nobody's completing assignments um, because a lot of parents are working or they're just not that involved. And so things are pretty much going by the wayside. And I feel like the public transportation system is really in a bad place. So what you're seeing is, you know, they decrease the services. So when you decrease the service, you still have to get the same amount of people to where they need to go. And so now the train cars are packed. And then during the day when people are working, it's mostly the homeless population that's on the trains. And they're out on mass because they have nowhere to go. And so this is the population that I work with day in and day out. They're having a hard time keeping up with medication. They're having a hard time finding food. I mean, just basic necessities that they were already struggling with before all of this happened. Right. And the sad reality is that we have very limited resources to deal with these things. And the resources that are available are super complicated And you have to know how to navigate in order to get what you need. And most of the people who need services can't do that. Right. So I feel like we are in dire straits and I feel like people like society at large is turning a blind eye.
0: This is incredible. It, it's it's so it, it's terrible because it's it's there's so many things that are happening right now that are contributing to this right right now. So you have yeah. a group of people, a population of people that are poor, that are probably deemed essential. So they have to go out. Right. They yeah. have to make a living. They don't have the option of sitting home and working from home or working remotely. It's just not a possibility for them. Yes. Right. And so then and then you have the transit system running at with limited service. So then everyone's packed on the trains. Yes. Which is then keeping everyone, you know, putting everyone in a very unsafe situation. I mean, you know, there there is the situation of like, you know, protecting yourself in terms of what you're wearing. But like, do we know that these folks can afford any of this stuff?
1: Exactly. Wow. Yeah, I, I, I really believe that you know, we're going to feel the consequences of this for a long time after this is over. I mean, and I think it's going to take a while for this to subside, but yeah, it's serious out here. And I think, you know, people who are fortunate enough to work from home and, you know, they have jobs that they can keep, they're not really feeling the brunt of this, like the marginalized populations that we have living in New York City. And it's scary. It's scary.
0: It, I think this virus has uncovered some uh, some socioeconomic sort of issues that we were not dealing with before, that mm. it was pretty easy to turn a blind eye to, and now it's right in our faces.
1: Highlighted, right. clear as day.
0: Yeah, yeah, especially for Black and brown people. Yes. We're really seeing how it's affecting them on a very different level, not just on how susceptible they are to the virus, but also how, you know, how they are protected. Right. Right. This is really it's really something I so I really wanted you to be on today because I feel like I'm speaking to a lot of my friends who, you know, they have the luxury of working from home. They have, you know, they're they're privileged enough to to have jobs where they don't have to go out into the world. But like, I want to speak to you from the standpoint of like somebody who has to be out and doesn't have the option of staying home and is is actually then also doing a service
1: yeah so it's been a challenge for me to kind of you know keep it together and and maintain my baseline. yeah um because I'm watching the suffering on such a large scale. I mean, I'm, it's crazy because they were already struggling, right? You know, and this has taken away so much the The main concern that I have when I go to work every day is Folks were already like hanging by a thin thread with mental health. Anything can set it off and make it worse. And so now that it's an even worse situation with resources, that's more stressors. So I really feel like people, we're gonna see more people hitting their breaking points and mental health is going to be completely overwhelmed when this starts to die down.
0: Do you think that we're going to have to re uh, like overhaul the way we look at mental health and the way we deal with it from this point on?
1: Mental health, the healthcare system, the economic system, the social system, every system needs to be overhauled. That's what I think the point of all this is. We need to wake up and see that nothing is working the way that it's supposed to. And we need to make some changes.
0: You are so right about that. You are so right. You know, so some friends of mine were passing around an article yesterday that I thought was so incredibly relevant to all of this, that we're going to, it was talking about the idea that we're all going to be gaslit once this is all over into thinking, none of it ever happened. You know, look the other way. Then that was just a blip in the radar. Mm -hmm. And it's, this is no blip. This is no blip. This is highlighted how many people are living paycheck to paycheck, right? They, they, they missed one paycheck and they can't pay their rent. Do you know how many Absolutely. people are dealing with that situation? Mm-hmm. Like that says something. That's something that we have to look at. Great, great you know and you're right major systems have to get overhauled at this point it really does this is highlighted that we really can't just turn a blind eye because how they'll market it as a little blip in you know our, our reality has has really brought to light so many things that needed overhauling in the first place yes absolutely absolutely Man, Frankie, I gotta tell you, I, I really appreciate everything you're doing because I I just know it's difficult for you, and I know we just talked about like what you're doing for your sanity, but I I I know you're keeping yourself as safe as possible. But I hope that you are in you know engaging in anything that involves your self care. You're taking care of you, you know. Um, I really hope you're you're doing that. I hope I hope your dog is <laughs> working overtime right now. <laughs> because she's got to like get you like keep you up, up keep you afloat right now <laughs> thank god for that dog yeah. yes well absolutely. listen so here's so let me let me let's see if we can move along a little bit um how when did you get started doing what you do and has this situation changed how you feel about it
1: wow that's such a loaded question um yes uh, so i've been doing this i feel like i've been doing this my whole life since i could talk Um, But I graduated from Rutgers University in 2002 and have been working in the field ever since. Um, I think that it's changed me. Um, I'm more about, you know, when I first started, it was about the textbook stuff, you know, the theories, how to apply them to people. And now, especially given the situation that we're dealing with, it's more about tapping into people's creativity So I like to speak to people one-on-one. I like to see what gives them a sparkle in their eye and use that, use that as the tool to help them get to the place where they wanna be, which is why they're in therapy. And so I think that's what's changed for me. My perspective and the way that I come at people, it's not so clinical, you know. what does the policy say? Yes, all of that plays into it. But at the end of the day, I, I like to get to know the essence of the person Right. And use that, use that to, you know, your own strength is what's what's going to get you through. So if I can highlight that, and so I think, especially because I have to work on the phone, which is something that I'm not used to, um, 80% of my communication is from energy from people and body language. Right. So I feel like I'm muted and I can't talk. And I have to learn a whole new way of communicating with people. And so listening differently. You know, um, picking up on the cues. Where where was the inflection in the voice? You know, um, when did they get louder when they were talking to me? And those are the clues that, that give me the, you know, now I know how to work with this person. I know exactly what makes them tick. And so just honing in on that and, and really utilizing that, you know, before, like I said, the, the textbook stuff was, I'm gonna say 75% of my practice. Now it's like 30. <laughs>
0: Right. <laughs> Definitely. But, but that comes from experience as well, right? That comes from understanding that you can trust yourself to tap into something that will give you some insight into someone.
1: Exactly. Yes, absolutely. Experience, right. All of it. Mm-hmm.
0: I, I think it's amazing you also have a new, something new in your, in your toolbox, which is your ability to listen now, right? Because now you have no choice but to listen because you can't read body language. You can't, you know, read those sort of social cues that you might read if you were in front of someone. So... I'm really, you know, I don't know if you know how to answer this question. I'm not sure if this is a question that can be answered, but like what we're dealing with right now, is this going to change the way you deal with these folks moving forward? When you were back to them, you know, being in front of you, is it going to be different? Like what's going to change for you?
1: Wow. You know, I I was briefly thinking about this the other day. I think that it's gonna make me be invested in a different way. I mean, I already am very invested in my work and my clients, but the gravity of the suffering, um, I'm, I'm gonna, I was already compassionate, I was already caring and all of those things, but I think now it's gonna be even more highlighted, you know, like I knew you were already walking on thin ice in the world and I'm here to provide a safe space for you. But now I know that ice is even thinner and maybe you fell through and you're cold and I need to hug you tighter. And by hugging tighter, you know, in in, in the therapeutic way, and, yeah. you, know, you know, holding space, being there for someone, you know, yeah. providing resources. I think it just highlights even more so the importance of the work that I do. And, you know, you were talking about self-care earlier. And I think self-care is priority for me because I need to show up for people. So I need to be okay. Right. And so that's the, my, in life every single day, I need to make sure that I'm good. And so, yeah, it, it's just, um, it's heavy, but I know that I have a voice and I know that I reach people. And so I have an important job that, you know, I take a lot of pride in. Um, but yeah, it's it just... The weight of what I do is much clearer now. I think that's the best way I can put it. Like, I knew social work was important before,
0: but now I'm like, whoa. Yeah, it's, it's massive. It's massive. The
1: world needs this. The world needs this.
0: It does. And you know what the world's also going to need when this is all over? It's going to need the voices of people like you who saw the impact of it in a way that many people are not getting the impact. This is why we're having this conversation right now. They're mm-hmm. not understanding the impact of what, we, what has happened here. They don't get mm-hmm. it. And I think that we're gonna need voices like yours, which were, who were on the front lines, who saw it firsthand to talk about why these, the overhaul of these systems we, talk, mm-hmm. we just talked about are needed.
1: Oh wow, you're so right. You know what I mean? It's important. I can be a part of that change. You have we to we can be
0: a part of that change. Yeah, you have to be. Like it's it's we need your voice out there for that because it otherwise it this will happen again. We will be there, we will be here again. We will. This is not a blip. This will happen again and we have to be prepared and we have to understand what kind of impact this has on on the lives of the people that we turn a blind eye to. Mm-hmm. Have to. There's just no other way, you know, there really is no other way. So I don't I, I cannot even begin to express the gratitude I feel for you and what you do and what you're putting your what you're putting out every day. And I know you and I know that you know how to hold space. And I know that when you're there and you're holding space for someone, you're holding it from your entire being from your heart. I know this about you. Oh, I love that you see that. Thank you. <laughs> I do see that about you. And I know, I mean, you you are not friends, but you are an incredible human being. And I know that when you're holding space, it is from the most giving, most wonderful, the warmest part of who you are. So I, I thank you for that so much. So. All right, let's <laughs> let me get off my fan fest of Frankie for a hot minute. Um, <laughs> it's hard, though. It's hard. Um, all right. So listen, so w- let me ask you, I mean, here's a light question just because we're about to wrap up. But what do you miss most about life before the pandemic? What do you miss most about, um, you know, your life before it?
1: Um, sitting at a bar with friends, having a beer, going out to eat and touching um, you know, when I'm talking to friends or yeah. even when clients leave the office, you know, I might pat them on the back or even a handshake when they come in. Those very, very, you know, simple things. I feel like I'll never take those things for granted again. Like a hug. Oh, how I miss hugging. Yeah. Like it's killing my soul. Like I'm a hardcore introvert. I need touch. Yeah. I need to see your face. I need to see
0: your smile. Like I need all of it. So, yeah. That's what I miss most. Well, I, I think you're in good company. I feel like so many of my friends I speak to are saying the exact same thing. I, mm-hmm. I had I was on an Instagram live with my friend Liz the other day and somebody's like, We were talking about like how when we see each other next, the hug is gonna be insane. Like I'm gonna <laughs> set up safety cones to like, you know, bar <laughs> up a perimeter <laughs> so we can seriously, you know, like dirty dance, like just like like swan dive. <laughs> each other it's gonna be like epic like and i feel like i'm gonna be overplaying that scene with several of my friends you included so um, (laughs) i so understand that and i think you are in really really good company frankie you are incredible you are a warrior my friend and i am so grateful for you and what you're doing right now thank you so much for being you why don't you tell people where they can find you online uh, sure. So
1: I am on Facebook as Frankie Class a, Classe, C L A S S E, and I'm on Instagram at Fluid420, F-L-U-I-D 420. And honestly, you know, I keep saying this, I'm a hardcore introvert. I actually have a really hard time with the digital age, you know, computers, social media. It's just, I'm old school. I like pen and paper. I like you know talking to people yeah. and so I think definitely I can be reached there but it's not my nature to communicate in that way and so you know I think this whole pandemic is highlighting that as well you know I've got to get with the time you know I've got to get with the times and I've got to you know like I just installed zoom today for this <laughs> all
0: about? right stop talking about how old you are stop it we don't want to hear, don't want to hear. Hey, I'm proud. I'm proud. i don't give a damn what anybody thinks That's i know what I, I know am. but listen you you are the best you're you're incredible thank you so much for being with us today i really appreciate you and please stay safe and sane okay thank you so much for having me on i really appreciate it anytime my friend thanks for tuning in to this episode of transition of style if you like what you hear, please remember to subscribe and leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts. Visit us on our show page at transitionofstyle.com for more information and follow us to share in the conversation on Instagram at Transition